welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. I am your host, Max Mosier, here today. Welcome in with our six Infinity Bro rotating cast. I have two other Infinity Bros here today. First, the man with a plan. It is Robbie Sauter. Robbie, how are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be back on the Infinity Bros podcast. It has been a minute. I'm not going to call it a hot minute, but I'll call it a cold minute. It's been a cold minute since. Zane has recorded at least four podcasts since the last time I was on. That's a problem for you and your pride. It is. Yep. It is. And then Infinity Bro Jarrett is here all the way from Montana. Jarrett, how you holding up, buddy? I'm doing phenomenal. I had a great week. Um, my office slash recording studio is in shambles right now. Um, but by the time this gets back together, we should have a new setup and maybe a return to Twitch streaming. We'll see. I've never seen Jarrett more excited for an episode than this one tonight. In particular, around one movie we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. And then we're going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, and I just, I'm, I'm very, uh, to be, to be clear with our listeners, I have seeing the movie was fine, but I've been very much looking forward to Jarrett's response to the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Like I've honestly maybe been more anticipated for that than the movie itself. And uh, so we're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among, Th- Honor Among Thieves, and the Super Mario Brothers movies I talked about earlier. But before we do that, we want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system and how we rate things on this podcast. I'm going to go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity snap. And then additionally, we're going to spoil everything from both of these movies. We also might talk about potential spoilers for future movies, whether we're theorizing or I think with Super Mario Brothers, there's there's a conversation to be had maybe about a Super Smash Brothers movie in the future with how they kind of end it. And uh, we'll talk about that as well. So um, this is your spoiler warning. This is prepare yourself and infinity bros prepare yourself spoiler Warning. all right we're gonna start with dungeons and dragons because i'm so excited to hear about this from jared so uh this is uh the synopsis reads a charming thief a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. This is directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Uh, they were the directors of Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. So uh, actually, they just had a little reunion of Freaks and Geeks where the uh, three main characters got together and played Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know if it was a promo for this or not, but that, that video just I think it was. Those. Probably. Yeah. Prob, probs def. Uh, Chris Pine is in this, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Regajon Page, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, Hugh Grant, Chloe Coleman, Daisy Head, and that's and all the main characters in this one as well. Uh, this one has been quite a fascinating film to talk about. This feels like Paramount News, they had something. There's been a lot of like two weeks before this movie came out, a lot of people were able to go see this film. There's been this big push to see this movie in the theaters. When I went to the movie before the screening, there was this promo of a dragon coming through my theater screen. Did you guys have that? Yeah, I hated I hated that so much. Yeah. And then they had this little like quick round table of Chris Pine and all the actors dressed in their artsy fartsy outfits that they wear only for these kinds of shots and basically saying thanks for coming to the theater which, oh yeah did you have you're too, the Robbie? hero and yeah 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 it yeah. was a little patronizing but he, that's neither here nor there. it just <laughs> it feels to me like paramount feels like they got something here it feels like they're like no we are going to stack hands and put this out there so you can't do a dungeons and dragons review without asking our dungeon master Jarrett Curtis his thoughts. So we're going to start with him. Jarrett, what was your rating of Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves? You know when something's made specifically for you and it could be the worst thing in the world. It could be a polished piece of turd and it's still like, man, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. This is a 6 out of 6 for me. I freaking love this. It was a ride. And I took my wife to go see this. She's not a D&D person. Uh she walked out of it like <laughs> 
wow, I'm really glad we went to go see this together. Um, and so to me, top to bottom, you know, did it deliver exactly everything I expected it to? No, but it also added some things I didn't expect. And I think I walked out of this saying like, this is what D&D is like. This is a perfect, for somebody who's never played the game before, for somebody who's interested in like what this genre is and, and what it has to offer, this was a perfect movie. Perfect movie. Yeah. Wow. Oh, perfect. That's that's really high praise coming from you, Jared. I'm really happy to hear that. Robbie, go ahead. Your review. Kind of on the same road with Jared. I loved this movie. Like I had to go this, go to this by myself. Um, and saying had to, I was I had the privilege to go to this by myself. This movie was so much fun. Like going by yourself is always weird because you feel like you shouldn't laugh because then you're like the weird dude laughing by himself. But I was laughing the entire time. This movie. Um, I, I did a little review on it on our TikTok, uh, shameless plug. Um, but you can go check that out. But like, <clears throat> it's like Lord of the Rings, but they took 90% of the seriousness, filled it with like a bunch of fun and then just let you go into their world. Cause you travel everywhere in this movie. Yeah. And it, it was just, it was just so much fun. The entire time I'm watching it, I'm like, oh yeah, you roll a dice throw that like whole, or, uh, uh, yeah, Holga. Holga could like defeat these six men or whatever. Like there's all these really cool little things that I'm just like, they would roll a dice for that. And like when uh, they talk about the, the arrow through the window and he's like, oh, yeah. and have a chance to hit my daughter. And he's like, oh, that's a chance you have to take. It's like, that is a hundred percent. They're just like, they're talking like D and D idea yeah. things. And they're just throwing them out there. Like I had so much fun with this movie. This is the first movie in a long time that after I left, I was like, when do I get to watch this again? It has been a long time since I thought that after seeing a movie, because like this movie, like I saw Shazam a few weeks ago and that movie was fine. But like this movie was so much fun that I'm like, I can't wait for this to come out again. Yeah, I'm not a fantasy guy, as a lot of people know. I love Lord of the Rings. I think that series obviously stands in a different realm. Not no pun intended there. I a couple. It's it's fascinating because this one got 90 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which to me. That's a critic score, a critic score. That's the critic score. Excuse yeah. me. I don't, I, I'm, I don't talk about the audience score unless I say it's the audience score. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, first um, time this really there. when I say rotten tomato score, I'm typically talking about the, the, that score, but I there. <laughs> how I kind of articulate this is this one is Lord of the Rings with the kind of vibe and inside jokes and goofy charisma of an Ocean's Eleven movie. Sure. And I really felt that everybody in this gave it all they had. I did not think this was like the best movie ever. I'm not going to give it a six. I And that's no disrespect to the movie. I really had a good time. I was very pleasantly surprised with my experience in this. I, I think it's the story isn't gangbusters, but neither of you have said that is the case. And I don't think anybody expected that going into this. But I, I this is just so much fun. This is a five out of six for me. But th- I'm one of the strongest fives I can give because I went into this movie. And Jared, I said this on the episode before I went in. I said I couldn't be less excited to see this in Super Mario Brothers. Like both movies. I was like, whatever. I've got to go see these. Yeah. I'm whatever about these, but I was I was a little more excited for Super Mario Brothers because I'm like, ah, I like Super Mario. But Dungeons and Dragons, I just got into this a couple of years ago because of you, Jared. Because like, you know, you've been leading some of the campaigns we've had, and we we were we tried to go for a bit, but just couldn't get the consecutive schedules, like I would assume 90% of DD groups. Yeah. And I I agree with you, Robbie. I loved how at any moment I felt like this could break into a round table where all these main actors were just gonna be nerdy people sitting around a table. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of half expecting that. At some point, like just one scene of them cutting away to like real selves and then going back into the story. I love that. Um, And I felt like they could have. I actually feel like the script lended itself to do that in this. Not that I needed it, but like that's just how much fun this script was. I think they took some really cool. I like the cameo they had midway through of Olga's boyfriend. Yeah. Um, I thought that was I I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud in this movie and the Super Mario Brothers and at specific parts. That was the hardest I laughed was seeing Bradley Cooper open that door. That was, that so, was <laughs> so funny. That was such a well-written, well-acted scene. And I want to tip my hat in particular to Michelle Rodriguez, who I think 
is the uh, she is the uh, Dave Batista of of female acting, in my opinion. She is just she has limited yeah. range. Yeah. She is not typically really good in acting roles. She is like she can do this thing and that's it. And that's why she she takes the movie she does. And I thought she displayed a different level of range of range in this one than than I had experienced. And I thought her ending scene in particular of her dying. I was moved. I was moved by that. And that was crazy to me. That freaking, I was so, that freaking got me because it wasn't like, like that was so obvious too, right? Yeah, very obvious. You know, was yeah. going, but but when they went back and like showed you scenes that you didn't get to see earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. like of them mm-hmm. together, like gosh dang it. And I, I started tearing up in the theater and I'm like, what the hell? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just did like, Isaac talks about this all the time that he cries at every movie now. And, like that was one of those moments. It's like, why am I crying? I knew this was coming. But there it was. I was crying. And I was like, that just hit so well for me. They did such a good job with it because it's an easy scene that all movies try to do. They try to make it emotional. And there, it wasn't even a good buildup because I, I I didn't give this in my my little uh, spiel at the beginning. But I, I give the movie a 5.6. Um, and it's mainly because Kira, uh, Chris Pine's daughter, is one of the worst child actors I've ever seen. Like no, she, was, uh, not, she can't be as bad as the black Adam guy. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, and that's why my, well, I, so I said one of like, they're like, she's, she's, yeah, she's there. Like I agree. nothing against child. Like they're chill. They're child actors. Like I'm not going crazy, but like she just, her acting took me so out of the movie. And that's why I also <laughs> thought there was no way I'm going to cry over this. But then they show like the baby scenes with, with Holga. And I'm like, gosh, Oh yeah, it's it's that Robbie, and I think the other thing this movie suffered from, if there's like another thing I could say, is I think it was a little long. I I do think I don't think to do the story they needed to do, they needed to go two hours and fifteen minutes. And they probably easily could have cut. They could have easily cut out like their little traveling scenes. I agree. They 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 could have definitely gotten this done in two hours. Yeah. And the the other thing that this story did that I like, and I'll go back to like now is. And Jared, you maybe could speak to this more. A well-rounded Dungeons and Dragons team, a great campaign, has great stories for each individual character. That is what this movie did. This movie, that was the task set before it. Every character has to feel like a person has built, crafted, and engaging in this story for a purpose. The motivations have to be clear. They have to be understood. There has to be a big villain. There has to be which I also thought the villain was not, I thought that was right. Paint by numbers, the villain in this. Yeah. However, I loved the con man with Hugh Grant. Like that oh, felt brilliant. like an older guy who would totally be like, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be this person. I love the paladin being just so amazing and awesome. And Chris Pine's character, absolutely despising him. Is he going to walk straight? He's going to go right over that rock. Yeah. Yep. And, and <laughs> right over the that's rock. That's the stuff that this movie just does <laughs> really, really well. And I, the other one is justice Smith, man. I think he, He's underrated. That helmet stuff, man, was so good. That was so good. I I really enjoyed this. Jared, go ahead. I've talked too much. You, it's your moment. I think your moment. When they talked about this, we actually had a conversation. I'm in a lot of D&D groups. And a lot of people were like, you know, this is either going to be like really commercialized, which would be good. But then it's like, you know, you don't really capture that essence of playing D&D. Or they try too hard to make it D&D for D&D nerds that like it doesn't do well commercially. And I was in the camp that like, no, this will not feel like playing D&D. This is going to be a very commercial movie. You know, they're going to make it for an audience and it's not us. And I walked out of that like, I'm an idiot forever thinking that. Like, you talked about it. One of the hardest things about being a DM, and I've, I've, this is the thing that I struggle with the most, is trying to make six or seven people or however members are in your party each feel like the main character, right? Because you have people who are all invested in their own stories. And yet each one of these had an arc throughout the process. I would say maybe, um, uh, what is the Druid's name? Doric was the only one who really didn't get that much development other than like she learned to be okay with humans. But for the rest of these, man, they really knocked it out of the park. And you talked about like cutting out the traveling scenes and yeah, sure, maybe you could. But at the end of the day, that served as fan service to me because like, I grew up on the Sword Coast, right? Like I know every single one of those locations that they visited. Um, even ev- like every little throwaway joke meant something to me as somebody who read those books growing up. 
right? And like when his flame activated and it was green, I know that like green flame blade was one of the first spells that I used as a Dungeon Dragons player. And so I think I was pleasantly surprised to find that they rolled the line between commercial success because this is a good movie as a movie, right? Otherwise, my wife would have walked out and been like, why the heck did you bring me to this? And at the same time, I walked out of this going as a D&D player, as somebody who's been invested in this franchise for, I don't know, decades now, this movie was also made for me. And I think that's a phenomenal thing to say. Do you think, Jared, this will make people want to participate in D&D because I don't to be honest I didn't get that vibe I just got the vibe that I as as a viewer I was like you know what I'll take another movie of this you can give me another one of these I'll go see another one of these I think if somebody's on the fence and they're like you know I've heard about D&D but I've never played it before maybe this is the tipping I don't think it's going to pull in brand new people who have no interest in this yeah you'd be surprised at how many kids that I talk to that are like oh yeah I've wanted to try D&D like this might be the thing that like tips them over that edge you know between like critical role and all these other things, like it's very, it's and, and stranger things, obviously it's cool now to like D and D. And I think this is maybe not the straw that breaks the camel's back for a lot of people, but it might be another thing piling on down the line. D and D is probably never going to be like full on. Everyone's doing it, but it is right. much more widely like accepted among the, like just nerd culture in general. I have a I have a program that I run with my kids after school. I'm a teacher, and um, my boss uh, is an, is older than I am. I'll just put it that way, and not the last person on earth I would ever expect to know what D and D is, right? And as a gift for me running this club for I think it was like three year anniversary or four year anniversary. It was a while ago that she bought me these. She bought me a nice set of like metal and resin dice. I mean, they're gorgeous. And she's like, yeah, I like my son plays this game. I know that the dice are like very important. So we got you these as like a, and so I think if it's that widely known that like, you know, an older teacher who has no like cultural touchstone for this knows that this is an important thing. Like, I don't know. I think it's more pop culture and more wide stream than people realize. Robbie, we talked about this in, in our, in our chat after seeing it. What's the future of this franchise? Like, do you think every single movie has a different rotating cast member that brings back previous characters? Or do you think they just lean into all these characters and say, let's go again? I think what you can do is that you can you can lean into these characters because they set up a bunch of different stories like or at least maybe not like complete stories, but they set up ideas of stories like Doric, the the druid. Like we know that she has things that she wants to do and get done. Um, there's obviously Ed, Edgin, Edgin, gosh, Chris Prine's character. Like you can keep going with him and just going on adventures. Like that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm watching through uh Vox Machina right now, Jared. Jared oh yeah. Yep. You'll be happy for me for that. But like you just keep making stories based on the characters and you just keep building. Like it's easily, they could easily go Edgin, which they already did. They could go Holga. They could go back to, uh, I'm saying his name right. Zink is it? Zank. Zank. You go Simon, Doric, uh, probably not going to go back to Forge, but like you can keep building with all these characters and you can add more characters. Like it would be so easy for them to like add another giant barbarian or something and like make another movie based on his story. Like it'd be so easy. It's, it's, it's just like the MCU. It's like building the Avengers, but you already, you always have a core and you just one leaves, another one comes in. Like that's what they are, because they're a mercenary group. Like it'd be very easy. So I can I can touch on this a little bit too, because I read I read an interview about this where um, Dritz, who is like he's like the main guy in D and D lore, right? He's the he's the one that all the books are written about and blah blah blah. So he was supposed to be Zank's role in the movie, um, oh. and I think the quote was something like, "We wanted to pull this like." really high fantasy, well put together character as if like Peter Jackson is filming something right around the corner and he just wanders in for this one scene and leaves, which Zank does obviously. Um, but then they touched on like, you know, we've introduced this world of the sword coast and now we have all these opportunities laid out before us. 
we could do a dritzed movie down the line. And I think they take that. I think it's exactly what you said, Robbie, where like they pull Zank or they pull dritzed or they pull Dork or one of these established characters and just make a spinoff story with them and continue that for as long as you want. Do you think with the vibe that they started with that a dritz character would work? That Absolutely would be not. my concern. No. Yeah. See that, see, that's my concern <laughs> is that like dritz is a very serious character and you've gone down the path of silliness. It's more, like, yeah, it's more Lord of the Rings than it is like, I think, what what was the comparison you made, Max? I think you said like Ghostbusters. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean Eleven. Is, is the charm of Ocean's Eleven and the quirkiness. Everybody's quirky. Yeah, whereas like Driss is, you're right, Driss is very high fantasy. It's like, it, it, it is like a Lord of the Rings type thing. What's the guy with the, that throws the squirrel? What's that guy's name? Oh, Minxin Boo. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, that is perfect for this. You bring them, that they could they would be the next person to come yeah. in, I would say. It's funny you guys are saying this too, because I think in my opinion, I would say you can go serious. I think if you I think a rotating cast is what this yeah. this series needs, Robbie. I think y- you bring back the paladin guy, forgive me, I forget his character's name as I'm talking on the go, but whatever one of you can find it. Um Zink. I think thank you. I bring him back because He's great. And yeah, he yeah, is loved him. He's got more backstory to work with. And he was the one that I was like, oh my gosh, he's not coming with. This sucks. But also, I think you could make a serious movie in this with also one or two characters that are funny. I think Marvel has kind of proven this too. You can always be funny, but also have high stakes. And sure. I think Dungeons and Dra- Dungeons and Dragons does not need to shy away from that. The Lord of the Rings has plenty of comical moments in it. Yeah with you know legless and gimli making jokes to each other in a very crucial two towers battle yeah i i i I think this box yeah i i don't think (laughs) this is beneath that personally guys i i think you could make some high stakes if you're gonna the other thing is this is is i think how is how is this movie not going to get sequels after this with a high rating it's making good money it's going to be really tough not to make another move, but they got to make a choice on if they want to go rotating cast or not. I, I'm going to be fascinated to see their choice because I yeah. think it's 50 50. I don't think it's a layup of a choice on what to do. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to, I think you ride Chris Pine. Like I think that, that that's the guy you have to keep going with. The story doesn't have to be about him. It can be very much a, a Chris Pratt uh, with the guardians of the galaxy. Like the stories aren't about him anymore. The first He's one just was so everything not- else isn't threatening like at least it like in guardians of the galaxy chris pratt's character of star lord brings stuff to the table to fight chris Pratt's character doesn't really bring much to the fight here well not yet but you can go you can they can dive into that more with the bard's abilities and stuff they didn't they didn't really get into it but i don't think that's what i'm saying like he's the guy, like he said, he's the planner where everyone else just does the things and it could be the next story can be about Simon, like me. Other thing that I really want to hit on, and this has come from watching a bunch of videos on the making of this movie. They used so many practical effects. For oh this movie yeah, that like Jonathan um, and the other the dragon kin guy that were like in the the jail cell with uh, Edgin and Holga. Like those practical effects are incredible. Like and. We, we say this all the time with all these movies that go to the CGI and it's like, it looks terrible. Like just go back to practical effects where you can. And that's what this movie did. And it was, it was, it was awesome. Also, we didn't talk about the fat dragon. Oh my gosh. Never, we've never child? seen. Yeah. We've never seen a movie with a fat dragon. That was amazing. Yeah, that was, that was the best. They could do a whole story on him. I, I I'd watch the whole thing. That's phenomenal. That's all. That's all. I just, I just wanted to add that movies go back to practical effects where you can because it, it's so well done if you I will add one more thing i liked that holga got the uh the staff from her boyfriend and then that actually ended up being something later oh I just yeah loved that that was such a just like that was such a D trope it was so good like i loved that jerry you made me you made me see that and love that that's you dude you could take that credit I will say this. We talked about it a little bit earlier. If you're interested in trying Dungeons and Dragons, go talk. Like everybody has a nerd friend. Ask your nerd friend. I guarantee they know about it. Like find a group, get together, roll up a one shot. Just have fun with it. 
Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, this is directed by Chris Pratt. Oh, hold on. Here we go. I'm I'm Mario. Let's go. I'm a me, Mario. (laughs) Mamma Mia. It is a me, a Mario. It's a it's a me. Hey, spaghetti. Mario. Mario. Uh, Wahoo. (laughs) (laughs) Directed by Aaron Horvath, Michael Jelinek. And uh, Pierre Leduc, written by Matthew Fogel, stars Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor Joy, Charlie Day, Jack Black, uh, Carrie Payton, Kevin Michael Richardson. Good to see him in a major role in a movie. Heck he yeah. gets a ton of credits inside stuff, as well as John DiMaggio. He plays Uncle Arthur. Want to give him a shout out because he's in just a ton of great uh, DC movies and things like that. I believe he plays the Joker. Am I correct about that, Robbie? Yes, he does. He does voice the Joker in many projects. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key plays Toad. Fred Armisen plays Cranky uh, Kong. And then Seth Rogen plays Donkey Kong. Uh, this this one has also... So, Robbie, just for clarity, I'm now talking about the critic score. I am not okay, talking okay. about the audience <laughs> score. Thank you. The for critic score for this has been 56%. Interesting. This, that's the wild. Audience tomatoes, score, right? This is oh. Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Okay. The audience score has been ninety six percent. Solid. Huge Solid. discrepancy and difference in how people are perceiving this one from it's like the critics. Quantum all over again. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. The scores are almost identical. Um, I'm just saying, uh, if you're going by Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, all right, okay. Can I add that this does have a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb, IMDb which um, typically they're kind of similar, but it does have a much higher score than Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I, I, I think that's very fair to say in this one. This one was getting a lot of feedback. We obviously just made this joke. But like a lot of people were saying the fact that they're not doing original voices or that they're not doing the video game voices for these characters is a little off. And uh, before we get into the rating, do you guys think this, that affected your viewing experience of this movie? Robbie, I'll start with you. Maybe a little bit. There's some times where Chris Pratt is talking. You're like, Oh, that's just Chris Pratt. Like he didn't try to like change his voice at all. He's just, I'm Chris Pratt playing Mario. Um, And that did take me out of it a little bit. Cause you're like, could you like, I don't know, try something. Cause like, I hate when we just get voice actors that have big names just because they have a big name. It's it's the Lion King problem all over again. You get a bunch of big names to come in and be the voices of these things, and it just doesn't match. I don't I don't like Chris Pratt as Mario. That's just Robbie. I want I want you change. to hear me clearly when I say I agree with the last like five sentences you just said. Well done. Oh, good. Well done. I mean, you were just on fire just now. Well done, Jarrett. Your thoughts. Yeah, I agree. I think in, in terms of like the voice thing, it's so wild to me that he would slip back and forth between like the most over-exaggerated <laughs> version of like this New York Italian accent to like, it's just Chris Pratt. Um, like Keegan Michael Key, to his credit, changed his voice, right? Like he played into the toad aesthetic a little bit. And like you could still tell it was him. And like, and then Jack Black full on just gave a thousand percent and then you have chris pratt who's like yeah anyway i'm chris pratt this is mario whoa <laughs> jared that's a uh, jared you were on yeah. fire just then that's Thank an you. incredible <laughs> point that you just made because i didn't even i know that that was also kind of a little joke at max but yeah. keegan michael key like as toad while watching the movie never crossed my mind that that like that's keegan michael key like not once like hearing his voice was like Oh, it's King Michael Key. Like, Dude, even Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen wasn't mailing it in. I like I felt like he was conveying in his limited scenes some pretty good stuff. I'm on a really downtrend with Seth Seth Rogen, so I just don't really like oh, anything he's doing. He really oh, okay. okay. I love that they they gave his lap. They gave <laughs> like three separate pause everything. Seth Rogen has to laugh moments. And I was like, okay, we get it. <laughs> We get it. Seth Rogen has an interesting laugh. Yeah. Okay. You guys are anti Seth Rogen. I do not. Re- 
Remind me to not bring up Seth Rogen around Robbie. I, I'm on a roller coaster with Seth Rogen. Sometimes he's fine. Sometimes I, I'm on a I'm on a downtrend with Seth Rogen right now. This this okay. I think they wanted this to be Chris Pratt's movie. This was not Chris Pratt's movie. This no, we was know who, we know whose movie this was. This was freaking Anna Taylor Joy and Jack Black's movie. This is Jack Black's movie. Not it was Anna Jack Taylor Black's Joy. movie. Like not Anna even Taylor Joy. Anna Black's Taylor movie. Joy left a lot to be desired. <laughs> oh, in this. Let's come go ahead on, and rate dude. This I movie. thought she Hold on. ate. We we got some. We got okay, Jared. We're going to start with you. You got some strong opinions. Go ahead, Jared. I think this movie was a five and a half out of six. Um, wow. I think it was good. I think it was phenomenal. Um, my the critiques are twofold. One. I think Chris Pratt phoned it in. I, I honestly think he just like got the cash, the paycheck and was like, all right, this is, I don't need to put any effort into this. The other thing that was brought up a couple of times, cause I went to see it with a lot of people like me and Christian's family went together and somebody had said like, you know, it was good, but it's just another Mario story. Like it didn't feel different enough. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of get that. Like it, they didn't really shake anything up that much. And other than like, Oh, he's actually from New York. Surprise has a family that I'm like, you know, yeah, you're kind of right there. Like it does just feel like the most generic version of a Mario story here. But other than that, I kind of liked it. I think there was a lot of like nods and fun homages, a lot of Easter eggs in the background. And this movie was made for kids. And my boys were like quite literally at the edges of their seat. Eli jumped out of his chair and was screaming at like five or six different parts of this. So, you know, I, I got something out of it. The kids got something out of it. Overall, it was a phenomenal movie. I think it had issues, but it was good. Yeah. I'll, I'll go next. Cause I, I think I'm going to be a little more negative, <laughs> negative than you, Jared. Hey, I, it'd be hard not to be. He said the movie was <laughs> phenomenal. Sure. I, I don't think this movie was phenomenal at all, Jared. I think this movie was average. I, I think it was a lot of fun. And I think this movie, one of the assignments this movie had, and it's very similar to D and D is you have to pay homage to the fan base. Sure. And I think they really did well at that. I completely agree with both of your assessments of Jack Black. I think Jack Black, it was, he was at times, it was hard to like tell he was the one acting as the character, Mm -hmm. but Chris Pratt was brutal in this guys. This is his worst role he's ever had. In my opinion. I mean, he is just not good in this movie. He did a passengers movie once. That that was really, (laughs) he's, he's worse in this than passengers. Cause at least in passengers, (laughs) he's conveying emotions. And there are scenes in that movie that I can look back and go, that's acting. I, I just felt like he wasn't doing much here. I I really, really liked this movie um, for being a kid's movie, though, Jerry. You make a really great point. I think there's a very fair point to make that this is just a kid's movie. And that's that's just the reality of the movie. So we don't have to spend a ton of time diving deep into the story of it. Like, oh, they're from New York. What's that about? What's the family dynamics about? We don't get enough time there. I don't think we have to do those things. But I do not think Chris Pratt or Anya Taylor-Joy were like just like crushing it in this. I think they were both. I think she was average. I think he was below average. I think Charlie day was okay, but I think Jack black was great. Uh, the one this is, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if like I hated it or if I loved it, the star kid. I, in, loved, it. I, I loved it. So here's, <laughs> here's, here's my problem with it. The first two jokes were great. Yeah. The joke for me before the credits did not like, I oh, just, sure. I felt like, I was like, you're doing too much, guys. You're the, if you're telling me you want your last line in a Super Mario Brothers movie to be, we're all just going into the void. That's just too Rick and Morty for me for a kid's movie. I felt that was one of the worst last lines in a kid movie I've ever heard. Yeah, that thing's... I will say, I'll, I'll agree with you there. My, my kid did not get any of those jokes. Like, none, none of that... Nothing that that little star person said it was funny to, to Grayson. Yeah. That's the problem is like James asked me afterwards. Cause we talked about it today too. He's like, what was that all about? And I'm like, I don't know, but just that's not for you. <laughs> the, the first two jokes when like they're about to die, that's the appropriate sure. time to make that joke. Right. I'm and more talking about before the credits. Yeah. And that's, that's the lasting impression you're leaving with that movie. Sure. I felt like that was a huge miss. And that's a really big problem for me. Cause I've got a four year old. And I want to take him to this movie. And Sarah and I were like, you know what? We just can't do that with that joke. That one joke lost them a return ticket. Wow. And um, I think I think that's you can call it a nitpick. But in my opinion, that is 
that is not a correct, clear vision of what this story was supposed to be. Because if it's full tilt adult movie, then you got to make it full tilt adult movie. If it's full tilt kid movie, that is absolutely fine. You need to omit some of those jokes. Robbie, go ahead. That was just my side note on my review. This movie was weird because I did have, I lowered my expectations after seeing like the reviews it was getting. I was like, okay, this movie might just be just okay. And that's fine. Um, But that's kind of what I walked away with. Like, I took my son to this. My son is six. Um, my son only like laughed twice during the entire movie. Hmm. And as a kid who who's been really big into Mario, just the Mario characters, like we bought a bunch of like little sets and stuff. It was really weird for like I, I like sh- like shrugged him one time. I was like, "You awake?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm awake." He's like, "Oh, okay." Like he laughed twice, and it was like during when Mario turned into a cat. Oh yeah, and then like something that Bowser did but like it just didn't like I was just so shocked by that and that was maybe taking me out of it a little bit because there was he like I was in a pretty packed theater and there was only a few scenes where kids were laughing and I'm like if this is a kids movie it's not doing its job so so Jared we had a completely different experience it sounds like you're the kids that your movie seemed to love it kids in my movie like there was a few laughs but it was not like a like I would expect a bunch of kids in a movie theater to act. Um, I think for adults, I think this movie was fine. Um, Jack Black was hilarious. That's becoming like a viral thing right now is the Peaches song. Um, Peaches song was great. Six out of Peaches six. Peaches song was great. But the problem that keeps coming up with this movie is that Chris Pratt, like we said, phoned it in and it's he's just boring. Anyone could have done what he did. They just grabbed him because he's one of the, you know, top actors in the industry right now, making the most money. Like he was just worthless. There was, he gave nothing to the character to make you like interested. He's just the main character, but it's there's no reason for him to be the main character. I liked Luigi. I like Charlie Day as Luigi. I think a like Luigi's Mansion movie would be really fun. Um, as much Jack Black as we can get would be great. But I they are going to make a ton of these movies, right? Like we're going to get at least two or three more Mario movies. And I think it's going to be, I think, you know how John wick four just came out. And every time a new John wick comes out, they make more money. I think it's going to (laughs) be like the opposite effect. That's a really great fair assessment. I I also, and I just said a lot of negative things. I'm going to give this the same rating. I gave Shazam. I'm going to get put it right at a four and a half. My Shazam two rating is dropped to a four and a half. I'm going to leave it at four and a half. It's a good movie. There are flaws and there are things that I wish they could have done differently. But but Jarrett, you you make a fair point. And there is some really, really good things in this. There are there are really good things that like if you have kids personally, I think six is a good age to take your kids to this. But I do think Lumily is the character, by the way, the name of the star, the blue star. I I. I think you just want to be cautious of like that. That character is going to make jokes about the afterlife from a perspective of that not being there. And no matter what your religious perspective is, you just need to be prepared for potentially having a conversation about that after you leave this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. For me as a dad, not a fan of that. Not a fan of I want to go to a movie to escape and I want my kid to walk out excited. I don't want the last line to be that. This is the other thing I'll say. This movie had one of the hardest laughs I've had in a long time, though. And that is the scene where Luigi is backing up in the big mansion. And he backs up to the stairs. And the shy guys are oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I When I tell you I rolled, I rolled at that line. I thought that, I, I thought that was so funny. I thought that was perfectly crafted. And, man, like, those, those all the creatures, the, Koop, the dead Koopas that like were reborn their skeletons yeah, yeah man they crushed it and this is the other thing this movie did well, well look you guys at this can, movie was incredible th- i will say this this movie absolutely crushes mario and nintendo easter eggs that is where this movie can hang its hat six out of six in that regard to this movie jared what did you think of that it's just an avid video game player for life yeah i thought it was phenomenal i think they did a good job of making those characters seem real and I was wondering, like, how deep the cuts would make. I, I love the part. James quotes this now all the time where he's like, he's like, and we've got the Koopas and blah, blah, blah. And then whatever those things are. And they had the little turtles with the bump on the. And I was like, man, I love that because 
I don't know. I, it just made it feel more alive to me. Um, yeah, the visual gags were great, and I think the characters were done well. The blue shell. Can we talk, just take two minutes to talk about how awesome the incorporation of the blue shell was? That was cool. Dude, that was in the Donkey Kong stuff. And the, the cat Mario Kart suit. stuff was great. Yeah. Yeah. I. Th- that is where this movie can really go. Like the Invincible Star at the end. Yeah. The music is great. All, all oh the gosh, stuff yeah. referencing the video games is top notch. They did a great job there. And this movie knew the assignment in that regard. I, I just, I think Chris Pratt not is mailing it in is a huge problem in this. Like, in my opinion, I think I, I would venture to guess it took away from your son's experience, Robbie. It might've, I, I just, it's frustrating that they start the movie with him doing the voice. And then they're like, nah, 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 nah. that was just for like the thing. See, he can do it, but we're not going to do it. Like why, why, why do that? I just, I didn't get it. Um, I didn't give my, my rating. I'll give a, I'll give it a four out of six. I think this movie will be fine once it's like at home and I can just throw it on and the kids will kind of watch it and it's, it'll just be on and I'll enjoy it. But like this movie just didn't do a whole lot for me. Four to six seems right for it. It's not great, but it's not, it's not average either. I think it's slightly above average. Okay. Here's the big question. Now, do you think they can craft a super smash brothers universe movie out of this? They have a scene where they're sitting in that whole fiery star. What what is that? What is that uh, icon called? What is that superpower called? When forgive me, I'm sounding like a total not novice <laughs> on this stuff. I don't know it's what I'm talking. I'm such a noob with the Mario. Are you talking what, about what the fire that? flower? Fire flower. Thank yeah. you. I was just looking for the term of it. The fire flower. When they're in the field of fire flowers, she's looking up and saying, "There's this massive amount of galaxies and universes." To me, I read that as. There's a connected universe here, potentially. Well, that's more like she's more talking about Mario Galaxy. I think I, that's, that's that's yes. I well, I was saying th- she said galaxies. She, she didn't say universes. You said universes. Okay. If she said galaxies, I trust you. But I'm saying, do you think <laughs> with that and Yoshi's incorporation at the end in the post credit scene that that could be where they go, or do you think it's just ah, Mario's just going to go to Mario Galaxy to other planets? If you would have told me. Um, when I can't remember what the first one was, it wasn't Sonic. There was something. Oh, Detective Pikachu. There were jokes yeah. about them doing a Super Smash Brothers movie, and I was like, "There's no like." I understand Marvel's doing their thing. There's no way on earth this happens. And then, like piece by piece, it's been put together. Can they do it? Sure, maybe. Should they do it? I don't know right now. I think that would turn out a lot like the CW combined universe. Yeah. Like you can do it, but should you like, that's how I feel like that would turn out. Like people will go the first week because it's interesting, like a smash bros universe, but then they'll be like, okay, this, this is not like our thing. We're not the Avengers. That, that would be my take, but will they do it? Probably. Eventually. Probably. Yeah, I could see it. So that aside, then do you think with all these other Nintendo properties that they could do, what would be the next layup of a Nintendo product to start from here? Uh, it's got to be Zelda, right? So I would say Mega Man or Zelda. Yeah, I think of the like the original Super Smash Bros. cast. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like Zelda but would are be you... such a layup. Like it's hard. It would be hard to make a bad Zelda movie. My thought with Zelda was that like if you go Zelda, you go live action. Sure. I think there. I actually let me. I believe there is. That's something that's in the works. I think a Zelda show would be better than a movie. Oh I think there's a live yeah. action show in the works. Oh, like a hardcore Zelda yeah. show? Yeah. With with Ganondorf being the big villain? Let's let's roll with that. Let's do it. Netflix is in the early stages of a Zelda show. I was going to say, I wanted Amazon to do this, but then I remembered there may or may not have been a Halo series. So, yeah, give this to Netflix. Amazon didn't do the Halo series. That was Paramount. Oh, that's right. I think I just watched it on Amazon. A Star Fox. Star Fox CG or whatever you call it, animated. That would be incredible. I would be 100% down for that. That would be cool. Because Star Fox, you can't do, like, I guess you could. It would be really jarring to see live action. Star Fox in live action. (laughs) Just be cats all over again. (laughs) Yeah, but Star Fox... Animated would be yeah awesome. I agree. That's what especially that's, if they go the animation style that that Mar- Super Mario Brothers did, which oh, I oh yeah I you agree. go the you exact the, same. 
Yeah. You said earlier that the animation looked really crisp. I would agree with you, Robbie. It did look crisp. It looked it looked fantastic. You go that you could then you do Mega Man and you do Star Fox and then you, you're you're golden. And then just Sonic is like a character that comes into the universe. He will look fine. Yeah. Coming into a Mario movie, just as he is right now. I think a Metroid Prime universe would uh, movie Metroid would be great. Would be good. I, I I think that story is criminally slept on. I agree. And I think. I, I think it that doesn't. Samus's story needs to be told. Yeah, I feel I don't like it's slept on. The people that play it know it. Yeah, like I, I feel no, like I think it's slept on from the general audience. That's what I'm saying. I think the general audience does not does not respect that story or even give it a chance. I, I don't. I think I think people need to give that game a chance, especially those originals. And I, I think if you play Super Smash Brothers, you know that. But I think there rarely will you find people that bef- will go, "Oh yeah, I've played Metroid." What about Kingdom Hearts? I love Kingdom Hearts. I think it's a great game. Take Metroid though, and and put it in this like collective universe that we've built here, and I feel like the vibe is very different. Like that is that story is heavy. So was Star Fox. It just they look silly because sure. there, there's a bunch of monkeys around. Like like Star Fox ha- actually does have a serious story too. I think Metroid could definitely be its own thing. I agree, and Zelda too. I feel like Zelda too is maybe not in the same vein as like the Sonic and Mario that we have so far. I think it's Who would you want to play Zelda or to, to play Link in Zelda? Excuse oh, me. Oh gosh, Timothy Chalamet. Done. All right, let's close it up. All right, there it is. I want to hear him go. Ha! Yeah. I, yeah. Ha! Uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. <laughs> 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 I just hit hit that jar. Okay, tell us why you don't like Seth Rogen. What's going on here? What's with the anti-Seth Rogen stuff? I, I don't know. There's just, uh, there's just been some things lately with Seth Rogen, like just him talking. Like, I don't know. It just seems like he's a bummer of a dude to be around. He he poo-poos on like comic book movies, but then like in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trailer, exactly. it's like he's a he's a permanent teenager. I'm like, baloney, he's a permanent teenager. He's the one that says, like, I'm an adult. That's what, yeah, that's where that's where this all started. When he started poo-pooing on the comic books, and then he does all this other kid stuff. Like, shut up. You just said that, like, comic books are for kids, and then you're putting, your next two movies are kid movies. Yeah. <laughs> shut up, dude. He's also one of those braggadocious that I don't have kids people. Right. Like, people who are braggadocious about not having kids, cool, we get it. Thanks for thanks for saying you don't want kids. We got it. Cool. Yeah, I just I don't know. But yeah, I, I just, told you that I don't want to have kids and I smoke pot. <laughs> I smoke pot. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was good as Donkey Kong though. Thought he was really good as Donkey Kong. That's fine. The whole movie was just fine. It was fine. I agree. Jared, except I'm except for Jack Black. Jack Black was fantastic. The peaches thing was awesome nothing got me so hyped to see this movie like i was a little excited what got me like literally buzzing was watching every interview that man did like he was so sold out for this he was man he really was he he knew the assignment jack black is is one of the most underrated voice actors in hollywood he's one of the most underrated people in general oh for sure yeah yeah he's Fantastic. Jack Black's great. Tenacious D is still like a thing. He still does music with that guy. Like, that guy's awesome. That was something when the movie, when it went to that part, I was like, oh, of course he's going to play a piano scene. He, he's in Tenacious D. I not that just, not just like, once, but multiple times. I agree with you, yeah. Well, there's our rating. Uh, there's our reviews of Super Mario Brothers and Dungeons and Dragons. A shorter episode today. Praise, praise God. Love that. If you listen to the Patreon, there's lots. <laughs> we talked more on the Patreon than we did on the episode, probably. <laughs> did yeah we really probably could have made this one whole mega episode if we wanted it's almost like somebody said that in the patreon no one would have said that that's a silly thing <laughs> nobody would say nobody that oh the one thing we that. didn't i can't we kind of alluded to it but we did not talk about that this was the highest grossing animated movie ever oh yeah what are the numbers on that Robbie? 378 million global beating Jeez, frozen Christmas. 2 holy cow um had an overseas launch of 173 million in the international box office. So yeah, this movie absolutely crushed it. They're already in pre-production for the second one then. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's like a there's no brainer. Yeah, there's no way. I that's why I said this is going to be like it's going to go down because Sure. Jack Black is great, but Chris Pratt isn't carrying this thing. Yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment in it. Um but it's fun. 
I will say this. It's fun. It's fun. And, and that's that's what I'd say about both of these movies. Both of these movies are fun and have heart. They're not. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons was way more of a pleasant surprise to me. But my expectations were low for both. And I think one went one direction and then the other one didn't. I think Dungeons and Dragons is going to be the surprise movie of the year. Like, yeah. It's going to be the, like the one that no one expected to be as good as it was. Sure. I think that's a very that it would it's it's absolutely a candidate for that if you're giving an award out for that. I agree. I don't know what the award's called, but <laughs> what do you want to call it? Mark Jones. All right, Mark Jones. Just That's a surprise. Cool. You never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. You never know. It could be the worst thing ever or it could suck. You never know. Exactly. Uh Jared, thank you for coming on today. It was awesome to have you, and uh we're just thankful for you. Wow. That, thank you for such high praise. I appreciate that. Be you're here. welcome. And Robbie, I want you to know you're young and you're vibrant. Oh, thanks. That means a you're lot. You're not in your 20s, but you are young and vibrant. I used to be. There was a time. There was a time. And thank you, listener, wherever you listen, however you listen. Thanks for making us part of your podcast experience. Uh, you could check us out on social medias across the board, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. If you want to see some great online content, Robbie's creating some great stuff on TikTok and Instagram. I would direct you to that. Also, YouTube, if you have YouTube premium, pop some of our episodes in and give them a listen. And uh, we're looking forward to the future of what's coming this summer with Mar- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, also, we're going to be talking about Secret Invasion. We talked about that in the Patreon. And I think there's just a lot of cool things coming up. So you'll want to make sure you subscribe to all of our stuff to follow us there. Hey, we love you guys. 3000. We'll see you guys later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.